listeners, welcome back to the Hitting Rock Metal podcast. I'm your host, Sally Holder, and today you are going to be filled with incredible information that is going to help you attract more of your most ideal client. Sounds great, right? So we're going to dig in with Jessica Thiefels. She is the founder of Jessica Thiefels Consulting. She is also a podcast host herself and author of multiple books aimed at empowerment and shifting your mindset. She's been featured in Forbes, Yahoo, Entrepreneur, and has contributed to thousands of websites throughout her career. Right now, she's helping companies build sound content strategies and her data-based approach which is why I love her so much, Mm -hmm. helps her clients and the broom is one of them, see significant results and ultimately helps them reach page one of Google. Jessica, I am so excited to introduce you to our audience. You have done absolutely wonders for our website and I can't wait for our listeners to hear everything you have to share. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. I love nerding out on marketing and with a little, you know, dose of mindset in there. So let's do it. Bring it on. All right, good. So you're a woman of many talents. Let's talk a little bit about how you got started in this SEO space before we kind of dive into everything else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like that was actually like day one before even my first ever career in marketing, I got a freelance writing job uh, through Craigslist, um, right after college. And I was writing like random content, like literally about like how to get a degree in nursing, how to build a set of stairs, like the most (laughs) random stuff for this guy who I didn't like understand it as that at the time, but he just like ran a content agency. Um, and it was very like old school style SEO writing, calculating keyword density, like, things that we don't do anymore, at least not manually. Um, and that was that was like the very first thing. And then that was the reason why I got my very first job, um, my very first like job in my career salaried position. Um, doing uh, writing, I was like an associate copy editor um, and we were doing a lot of SEO stuff. That was for business.com, which was bought out by another massive media brand many years later. And it just sort of like took off from there, as is the most people who are in marketing will tell you, they've probably done a thousand different things in marketing because most of us are unicorns in that way. We kind of have to wear a lot of hats. And so everything I've learned, I've just learned because it was thrown at me in a position and someone was like, do this. And I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and SEO is definitely one of those things. <laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of ways to be able to kind of approach marketing right with content mm-hmm. marketing social media marketing, link building, SEO, outsourcing it. What do you find to be the most impactful? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it's not that there's one or the other that's the most impactful because a sound marketing strategy, even as a solopreneur, you do all your marketing from them all the way up to a massive global brand, all the pieces work together. And you don't have to have all the pieces all the time. You could just have two pieces of it. But generally everything, if you're doing it effectively and and intelligently, 
um, they all sort of fit in together. I call this your integrated content strategy. So we often will say like, what's your biggest like content hunk? So for a lot of people, that's your blog because that's where you're like creating the most content. And then you take, that's like the, um, think of it as an upside down um, uh, pyramid. Sorry, a regular pyramid. So that's like at the top of it. And then it feeds down into the rest of your stuff, like your social, your podcasts, your emails. And so they all work together. I encourage people to, for example, create a theme each month, even if it's just internal, um, to sort of like guide your content creation efforts across all of your channels. Um, In terms of what's impactful, the one thing that I see people doing businesses not doing that they should have started yesterday is, is SEO, website content creation. We're even seeing... So I've given this example forever and it seems impossible. And now it seems a lot more possible. I'll say, hey, if Instagram blew up tomorrow, how are you going to get clients? How are you going to get customers? You don't own Instagram. And, and it's like, oh, well, social media is not going away. Look at Twitter. Twitter may not exist. We don't know what's okay. going to happen with them. Like, If your sole lead, source of leads is from Twitter you could potentially be pretty screwed here. So knowing that you own your website and knowing that the way organic for everyone who's listening or doesn't know the way like organic SEO content creation works is you're targeting keywords that have a high search volume and a low competition. So a lot of people are looking for it, but very few people are doing something right to sort of rank in Google for that term. So when you create content around those terms, you start ranking in Google. The beauty of that is it grows over time. You get more and more traffic over time. So it's like, do it now and it's going to pay dividends for years to come. But it's not like an ad where you put money in and you see immediate results. So you have to be willing to play the long-term game. But in terms of impact, that's probably one of the most impactful things you could really be doing because it's going to drive results for many years down the line versus social media. It's going to come, it's going to go, you're dictated by the algorithm and the different changes and influencers and um, yeah. So do it, figure out how to do it or hire someone, me, someone else to do it for you. Um, Cause it's going to be supportive for many years to come. Yeah. I definitely say hire you because we did several months ago and it has really been an amazing journey to see how far our website has come and mm-hmm. and the incredible amount of organic traffic that we are now seeing as a result of it. I just, I can't say enough good things about what you've been able to do for us. And I couldn't agree more. It better be in a space that you own and you do not own your social media channel. It can be ripped away from you. Someone can mimic you and, you know, next thing you know, Instagram bans you and you're Mm -hmm. just SOL. Um, And so SEO is one of the great strategies. Um, Let's talk then about the content marketing portion Mm -hmm. of it. Does content marketing include social media or is it something other than social media? Because I think everyone right now thinks, oh, if I'm creating content, it is for social media. Mm -hmm. But it's not just social media. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, think about the word content encompasses everything. Graphics, video, podcast episodes, email. Content is, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of, you know, how you define a word without using the word. Like content is just 
anything that you're creating that you're putting out into the world. And there are a lot of formats. So content marketing is like really the umbrella that goes over everything from SEO to social media marketing to YouTube, which is, you know, different than social media. It's more of video search engine. Pinterest is more of a search engine like Google rather than a social media platform, but you're still putting content on that platform. So content marketing, we're all doing it. It's just a matter of being intentional about what you're creating, why you're creating it and making sure that it's my biggest suggestion to you is making sure that you're creating content that is so specific to your audience that they're the only ones who care about it. Because there's a hundred thousand other people talking about the same thing as you, but the way you talk about it is going to be different because you're specifically talking to like, I've given the example of like self-care. Self-care for moms is very different than self-care for new moms. It's very different than self-care for college students. So who is that specific person that you're speaking to? And then are you creating content that speaks to them? That's how content can set you apart, but only if you're doing it right. Um, And that is the way to do it. Hey listeners, we are so excited to share that the fourth annual Brim Retreat will be taking place in Austin, Texas. This is the premier event for female entrepreneurs that are ready to take their business to the next level. Taking place from April 30th through May 3rd, this three-day event is led by expert business coach Sally Holder and perfectly combines opportunities to connect, learn from the best across industries, and fill your cup with exclusive experiences and group activities. This is your chance to join 150 other phenomenal entrepreneurs and get away from the distractions of everyday life. Give yourself the dedicated time, space, and experiences that will enable you to come back and create massive leaps in your business. So are you ready to have your aha moment in Austin with the brim? To grab your ticket or learn more, visit us at growwiththebrim.com. But hurry, because this event will sell out. Damn. I mean, that that is a great little nugget right Mm. there. I think that, you know, we talk so much at the brim about defining your niche and really narrowing it down um, so that you know your audience better than anyone else. And that if you're trying to speak to everyone, you're really speaking to no one. Um, And I love that you're telling us very clearly how to do that. Um, So what do you think... Uh, more entrepreneurs should know about how to approach organic marketing that they don't know right now? That it needs to start with your business goals and no one guru is going to be able to tell you how to be successful. I think so often we fall, we don't know how to do it, right? Or you don't know how to do it. You're not a marketer. You want someone to tell you how. I get that. And there's definitely value in understanding how does SEO work? How do you how do you create an Instagram strategy? But knowing how to actually apply that in your business and, and making it very specific to your business goals, like our marketing platforms are not just there for fun. They're there to serve a purpose. And so when we start with our business goals, we can then define our strategy based on our business and what we need to do, and then be very intentional about it. I think especially like posting on Instagram or something like that can feel very much like checking a box. And that's why you're not seeing any results. That's why you're getting frustrated because there's no intention behind what you're doing. But if you know, I'll give you an example. 
let's say you have a group coaching program and you want to get five new people in that program this month and Instagram is your main platform. So now you have to ask yourself, well, what do I have to do on Instagram this month to get those five people in? I probably need to talk about it on stories three to four times a week. I need to link to the sign up thing in my stories. I need to mention it in at least two posts a week with a call to action to go check it out. I need to maybe do some manual outreach. Like all of a sudden, it's really clear what you have to do when you start with those business goals as a foundation rather than throwing stuff out there and hoping that someone picks it up. Yeah. Couldn't agree more back into the actions Mm -hmm. and the destination is going to define exactly what you ought to be doing. Um, I think where we get uh, into ourselves into trouble is that we fail to define what that destination is or just simply because we're so afraid. What if we miss it? What if we don't get there? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you see that your content kind of isn't resonating midway through, let's say you set a particular goal to achieve the conversion of five new clients. Let's, what happens if midway through the month you see that the content you've been putting out isn't necessarily working? I think that that's the point as well where so many people I talk to, female entrepreneurs say, I'm frustrated, I'm exhausted, I'm burnt Mm -hmm. out because I don't see anything happening. And then their actions begin to mirror their beliefs, right? I believe it's not converting. Therefore, they begin to trickle down and slowly but surely walk away from doing the things that will help them eventually convert. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's about that is it's definitely about a mindset shift of seeing it as an opportunity to try something different. And if you are so burnt out that it's like dragging yourself to create that content, the energy is not going to be there. Take a step back, like take a step back and come back to it. And also address, is this even the platform for me? That's the beauty of the world we live in right now. There are so many platforms you could be using So I like to encourage clients when we very first talk about like, where should you be active? One of the things we consider, we sort of look at it as like a Venn diagram. Where are your ideal clients? They're in this circle. What do you enjoy doing? What do you really excel at in this circle? You guys can't see my hands right now, but I have like two circles. And then when those overlap, what are the platforms that we find in that overlap? So the platforms that overlap where what your clients, where your clients are active and what you really love doing and where you really excel. Like if you really excel on podcasts, maybe that needs to be a primary channel. And then you get really intentional. What are your goals? What do you need to make happen? How do you need to make that happen? And then you're going to love it a lot more. And it's you're going to feel better doing it. The audience is going to feel that and you're going to be more successful. Like I think we so often feel like we have to force it and we have to make make this work because that's what everyone else is doing. But that's not the case. Like we live in a world where you can do lots of different things to connect with your ideal client and you get to decide what that is. Like you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. I love that. And yes, everything is infused with energy and Mm -hmm. you cannot get a positive result from a negative mindset or a negative energetic you know, force that you're putting out there, right? Yeah. It's only going to attract more like uh, of what you have. And that 
is the other kind of side of you is that you really do focus a lot on mindset, which mm-hmm. I obviously love too. In fact, your podcast is named Mindset Reset. <laughs> um, and so I'm curious what drew you, since you are a marketer by trade, what drew you to learning more about mental wellness and kind of that space specifically? It was definitely a personal draw to start. I maybe some of you listeners can sort of relate to this. I was living this life that on paper was perfect. I owned my first home at the time I was living in San Diego. I owned my husband and I owned our first first home. I was married to my high school sweetheart, still am. Um, We were very happy. We were living in San Diego in paradise. I had a great job. I had great friends and active social life. I had everything, but I literally felt like I was walking around with a cloud over my head. And I didn't had never, I'd like done therapy, but I'd never done coaching. I didn't really know like this was, so it was like, like nine years ago. So it was like before personal development even had really blown up as a thing. Like I remember my very first book I read was, um, oh my goodness, shoot. Now I'm not going to be able to remember it, but it's one of like the, it's by Jen Sincero. Um, you are a badass. Yes. That was one of the first ones I read and a few things that she said on that book really resonated. And that was how I started like moving down this path personally. And, um, for anyone who knows human design, I don't know it well, but one thing I know is I'm a projector and I'm a one three, um, which means that basically like the way I live my life is I try, learn, teach, repeat. So like I'm a teacher, I'm a guide, my like mission in life is to learn and then teach you how to do it based on what I've learned and experienced. And so it was just natural for me to be like, oh, I'm learning all this stuff about mindset. I want to start talking about it. I want to start putting it out there. I'm a writer. Like before I ever did anything, I wanted to be a writer. And so like sort of like speaking and putting my words out there has always come really natural to me. And um, yeah, I didn't listen to podcasts. I just started listening to podcasts this year, which I've hosted a podcast for two years and I never listened to them. Um, (laughs) you know, one of those podcasters. Um, but it just like sort of hit as like something, maybe I do this as a podcast because I was thinking about doing it as an Instagram live. And I was like, well, I have no idea how to do that. I don't know anything about audio mixing or editing. I've never done anything recording. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just figure it out. And turns out it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, and so that's how Mindset Reset Radio started. And then like I started writing some books as well because um, I wanted to author more books. And it all sort of just as happens, kind of like rolled into where we are today very organically. So. Oh, I love that. Um, and I love that you started a podcast before you would even listen to them. It probably means you are bringing a very organic and authentic tone to your podcast, which I know to be true. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't have to be a deterrent. I love that that doesn't deter you at all because, you know, too often I see women that are, you know, saying in order to do that, I have to check these certain boxes, right? I have to have been to business school. I have to have a an additional degree or I have to have done this, uh, you know, um, certification in order to be able to start my business or to jump right in. And the more examples that we can show them of women thriving by simply 
getting down to work and trying with repetition and ultimately figuring it out. Um, in fact, I think that Harvard Business Review even came out and said that a hands-on approach to learning is more effective than what you're going to learn in simply the classroom setting. And so I love that yeah. um, you know, you're demonstrating that for all of our listeners today. Yeah. So reminder too to all your all the listeners, like you are you have so much more in your brain. You have so many more resources and so much more intelligence than you probably give yourself credit for. Like these things are like a lot. I say this to myself about a lot of things, like a lot stupider people than you have figured this out. And no offense to those people, but like you're you if you run a business, even if you're in a career, like you're incredibly intelligent and you have so much to offer. And it's a lot easier to figure things out than than you actually think it is. And I think you'll be surprised when you just start doing something. You're like, wow, this is actually natural to me. Like this actually is really easy. And then you're like, why did I wait so long to start? So just do it. I I think you'll surprise yourself. (laughs) I couldn't agree more, but I don't know about you. It is not in my nature to allow things to be easy. Mm. Um, Right. In my nature, I want to make them harder and the more challenging and difficult they are, then, you know, the theory is the more rewarding it will be or the more I have earned, right, the right to claim it as a success. If it came easy, I almost dismiss it. and, you know, I think that your mindset is a, a big part of, you know, getting a hold of your mindset is a really big part of allowing yourself to do what is truly within your zone of genius. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, we tend to just want to dismiss it and force ourselves into other aspects of business. Um, yeah. I, uh, yes, I know, know that to be very true. So what are the differences in the way that mental wellness brands need to approach marketing? You know, I know that we have a lot of listeners that, you know, are providing consulting services or, you know, are therapists or, or are, you know, life coaches, other business coaches. What are the ways that you find are unique to people in that space and how they need to approach the marketing? Yeah. So we're, for those who don't know, we're sort of talking about this because that's really where I like to focus my, um, my efforts and find clients in the mental wellness space. And for anyone scared to niche down, I was so scared to make this shift for so long. And I finally did it this summer when I was sort of in a situation that presented itself to me, um, and everything has changed. So I couldn't recommend more doing it, but um, the really important thing that I talk a lot about in terms of marketing in the mental wellness space is it's so personal. You know, whether you're a therapist, whether you are a weight loss coach, whether you have um, an app that helps with anxiety, like our health, our wellness, especially our mental health, is so personal. And so that authenticity has to be there. And that can come in a lot of different ways. It can come with like um, highlighting the voices of your employees and letting them share their stories. So like people see like, oh, you're humans on the other side of this app. You know, you get me. 
Um, it can come from just the way your tone of voice, the way that you present to the world, the way you write your content. But I think that's one of the most important things because when people are going to trust you to support their mental health or to support their wellness in any way, um, they really need to feel that connection in some way. And especially we're living in a world where there are like mental wellness is one of the biggest, most upcoming industries. It's growing rapidly and there's going to be more and more and more competitors in the space. And the way you're going to stand out is, is by being super authentic to, again, that very specific audience that you're speaking to. So they're like, wow, they see me. Like they took the words right out of my mouth. So I think that's probably one of the biggest pieces for mental wellness brands and companies and solopreneurs. I hear from a lot of female entrepreneurs though, I'm really afraid to put my face on camera. I'm really afraid to do an Instagram live or show up because I don't know if I can keep doing it consistently. And it is really hard for me to be be vulnerable and put myself out there. Kind of what suggestions do you have for anybody that says that? Yeah. Vulnerability is on a spectrum. Like you don't have to come right out and give your deepest, darkest, painful stories ever. First of all, you get to decide you're running the show, but that can come later. You know, it's, it's as simple as sharing. Um, I had a tough day. And these are five things that helped me shift out of that mindset so that I could go be with my kids and feel really good. You know, for example, it can be really like vulnerability light. You know, I think we think we have to give all of ourselves and that's not necessarily true. Um, And in terms of video and like authenticity, I'm saying authenticity, not authenticity and vulnerability are not the same thing necessarily. You can be authentic and share authentically without sharing those deep, dark stories. So like you can create, and you can do that with video. That's like B-roll. Like if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see, um, I don't really, there's rarely me talking in front of the camera. It's usually like a video that I've taken that like I'm out on a walk with my son and then I'll share like five lessons from, I did one recently that was like five lessons from my son's first big sickness. And that's being authentic and that's sharing that I was struggling, but it's not like, I don't know, it's, it's, I don't feel like it's quite so deep and it doesn't feel so personal. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? I don't know if that. Yeah, was- absolutely. No, I think that what you're also saying is kind of uh, it's something I heard a while back, which is share the scars, don't share the wounds, meaning when it's still open and you're still processing it, not the best time to attempt to be vulnerable because you're very sensitive to feedback. But Mm -hmm. in your case, you've gathered content and then you're sharing it once you have already digested it, right? Not while he's sick after the fact. And so it's the lessons from it. And so you've been able to reflect and you're not still going through it. And I think that is huge advice. Um, And, you know, we all can do that because then we're far less attached to what other people have to say about it. Um, And again, choose your platform, choose your medium. If mm -hmm. sharing on Instagram live doesn't feel good, if you don't have a huge audience, it's 
honestly a waste of your time anyway. Very few people tune into Instagram live these days. Like you really got to be talking about something that's going to make them want to tune in and you have to have an active audience. If sharing over a mic on a podcast feels better for you, do that. I have clients who tell me they want to work with me because they listen to my podcast. It's doing something. It's working. And I also love doing it. And it's less vulnerable than me sitting in front of a camera sharing my deepest, darkest secrets with you. So again, like reminder, everyone, it doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't have to feel like pulling teeth. It can, you can feel strong and empowered in every aspect of your marketing. Start with that. Where do I feel my best? And then put, then start moving toward doing your marketing. Amazing tip. So (laughs) I, uh, it leads me into asking, what are some other of your favorite tips either um, with regard to marketing or, um, you know, getting their mindset reset, um, that you can share with some, with our listeners. Yeah. I think something I I really like to say is every choice you make is getting you closer to or further from where you want to go. And it sounds like so basic B and I mean, it kind of is, but it's one of those things that I think you hear a thousand times, but it's like, are you actually implementing it? Like, are you actually making intentional decisions and choices to move toward where you want to go? And that doesn't mean that like every moment is a leap and every moment is a breakthrough. It's like getting on Amazon and buying the podcast mic because you want to start a podcast. You know, like it's not even recording the first episode yet. It's just taking that step. So remembering that, very our life, our world, our business is very, very, very much within our hands. Um, there are a lot of circumstances we can't control, but we can control what happens as a result of those circumstances and what we do with them. And and so leveraging your power to choose is the greatest thing you can do in business and in life. Beautiful. So well said. Um, you've published journals and affirmation exercises that are specifically for women. So how much do you find that mindset really plays a part in the success of a female entrepreneur? Because I know that we have a lot of those listening. Yeah, I think you'll agree, Sally, that it's literally everything. It is, you know, you can, I didn't do a lot of this work at the, well, I was doing this work, but not to this extent when I started my business Um, But there was still an element of like what I was just saying, like knowing my power and really believing if I put my mind to this, I can do it. And like, that's very much a mindset thing. And that's something that I was luckily raised with a mom who said, if you have to figure it out, you will. And so I really believe that. Um, And we can be successful without doing this work, without healing, without doing the inner work, but it's a lot harder and it there's a lot more forcing involved. And um, when we're willing to do some of that work and dig a little bit deeper, things become easier, things become clearer, you become more powerful, and things happen that you never even expected to happen because you've you've shifted your mindset and you're seeing the world differently, literally. Yeah. I mean, I can't get through a coaching call without addressing mindset at some point, mm-hmm. uh, simply because, as you said, it does control everything, right? Our thoughts, our beliefs, all of those control the actions and ultimately the outcomes that we create. And mm-hmm. the ability to, excuse me, shift your perspective is everything. 
Yep. I think that's the huge part that a coach plays, like the, you know, part of the role that a coach plays is the ability to show you a very different perspective and to show you that a different one exists because our mind wants to decide on something, right? Is a meaning making machine. And so it wants to decide what something means and then move forward, move on from it. However, there are lots of meanings that can be made out of one exact circumstance. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I always am challenging my clients to think about the fact that your greatest disaster could be the very thing in all actuality mm-hmm. that sets you up for your greatest success. And when we make the meaning of something to be disastrous, we fail to begin looking for the opportunities that come from it. And Lord knows I've had enough personal experiences mm-hmm. through both disasters and successes now to know that, um, one leads to the other for sure. Um, so if our listeners want to get a hold of some of these exercises, which I highly recommend, um, and some of your published works, where can they go? So you can find, if you go to Amazon and just search my name, you can find my books there. I have a couple of different ones that I uh, published with um, Rockridge Press. And uh, if you search my name in Google, I'm the only Jessica Thiefels that exists in the world. So you will only find my work, um, which is great um, for someone who does SEO. Um, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, but you can just find my consulting website, jessicathiefels.com. All my stuff is on there. My podcasts are Mindset Reset Radio. And then my um, marketing podcast is Thrive Through Marketing. Um, and then I'm always on Instagram. That's really the only platform that I care about and that I'm active on. Um, and so you can just find me at Jessica Thiefels on Instagram. Love it. I love your approach to business and to marketing. Obviously, we share so many of the same beliefs around, um, you know, our power and our ability to create, you know, a wildly different experience in our lives at any point in time that we choose. And I love that you help so many female entrepreneurs and support them in creating that. And you certainly have done that with us at the Brim. And I just, again, cannot sing your praises enough. So thank you, Jessica, for helping us. And uh, I can't wait for some of our listeners to reach out and start working with you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in. It's been great sharing. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Hitting Rough Middle podcast. Again, I hope we made your day and your life just a little bit better. 